Real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tori Sess Show. I'm your host, Tori. So today is the 17th of October, 2019. It's Thursday. Feels like it should have been Friday yesterday, right? It's just been go, go, go. And it's not going to stop. This is where it's just constantly going to be coming. And gosh darn it, here we go. Distraction, distraction. You know, I actually thought it was going to be Jimmy Carter. Instead, it was Cummings. Really? But it seems like nobody really, um, I guess they didn't push the memo of let's talk about Cummings, which means that the mainstream media and the Democrats don't want us looking that way, possibly because he was signing documents when he wasn't able to, and the signatures don't match, but I digress. Um, today we have a lot to cover. We've got uh, Pence, uh in Turkey, uh, there is going to be a um, a live. I guess oops, my apologies, my uh, uh, gosh darn it, a live presser uh, that is um, being awaited actually. So it might actually come on while we're there because I'm linked. Uh, for the live uh, connection, uh, we are going to talk about that. We're going to talk about something insane, something we've been talking about. And it seems like um, things are really happening as it should. It seems like Juncker, one of the biggest snakes um, of the EU, says that a Brexit deal has been agreed. What? All before the IG IG drops the FISA reports, hence the redactions. I mean, Jean-Claude Juncker wouldn't want anyone to know the involvement of the European Union, now would they? Is that how we negotiate? Is this how we're helping England? I don't see why we need to help England. I mean, honestly, they helped orchestrate this coup, but I guess... You have to work with the people that went against you at some point. You know, I, I, I said this to my child actually yesterday. Uh, sometimes in your enemy, you find your greatest friend and ally. That is so true. Uh, and that's something that we're seeing almost every day. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, we're going to talk about the clowns at the House that included Republicans. And I'm so ashamed to say that my congressman from North Dakota, Kelly, signed it, which was a bill against the Syria pullout, blah, 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 blah. Uh, we're also, okay, we're going to kind of mosey around the whole Elijah Cummings. What we're waiting to see today during the rally, um, you know, we diffused that D.C. thing, which was great. Um, what liberals have to say, I mean, they can't even defend their own people. Millie Weaver did a great job going out, um, to the debate and covered that. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. I mean, gosh, there's so much to talk about. Um, but before anything, because I just want you guys to hear this so you understand how fake news they are aside from ABC lying and saying that, you know, hey, uh, you know, we have war, you know, in posting uh, the war of Kentucky. 
Uh, could you imagine their heads be blowing up completely like Beto's like hand over your AR-15s. But here we are in Kentucky where we can shoot guns and make it look like a war zone. Their heads are probably exploding. But it doesn't stop there. We have crazy articles going out all the time. Insane mainstream media trying to tell us that we're the ones insane, uh, you know, when they're pushing lies. I want you to listen to a report that was put out yesterday with Clown Joe and, you know, Mika, who really needs to take it a step, you know, a notch down on the plastic surgery. She's not getting any younger, but do it with grace, man. Not like this. She She's going to end up like Pelosi. Take a listen to what they had to say. A couple of minutes ago, um, how significant it is that once again, uh, Erdogan shows contempt for Donald Trump, shows contempt for the administration, shows contempt for the United States of America. I mean, it's incredible. Erdogan now saying he's not going to meet a delegation that includes, and this in itself is unusual, yeah. the Vice President of the United States, the National Security Advisor, and the Secretary of State all traveling together to Turkey, basically to plead with Erdogan to reverse what he is doing. Let me ask you a leading question Jeez. that I already know I mean, the, the answer to. The is unbelievable. Have you ever heard of anything remotely like this happening before? No, and they still have not withdrawn the invitation that the president offered back when he, uh, two weeks ago, talked to Erdogan, Erdogan and invited him to Washington. The last time he came to Washington, you'll recall, 17 of his bodyguards were indicted. That's right. For beating on the heads in broad daylight of protesters, of peaceful protesters, protesters. on Embassy Row and then took their diplomatic immunity and, and left the country without ever facing any justice. So maybe he's bringing those same bodyguards if he, if that invitation is not withdrawn. But how can Erdogan now say only the day after, in fact, Turkish troops, Turkish-backed militias, who had been given all of our U.S. locations, according to the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, those Turkish troops came within four miles of attacking U.S. troops and Syrian Kurdish allies on the ground. We had to send Apaches and F-15s up yesterday to give air cover to warn them off. To- okay, so that is the circus. So they were claiming that Erdogan uh, refuses to meet uh, with Pence over the Syria ceasefire, saying that we had U.S. troops right there, four miles of attacking U.S. troops, and and Syrian Kurd like these are blatant lies, like blatant lies. But wait, it gets better. Take a listen to what Joe has to say. A brushback, if you this will. This is incredible. So and now we are going and pleading with him to back off. So, so do you and, and do, with the highest level delegation we've ever sent anywhere? Yeah, and and he won't even see see them again. It's it's such a sign of weakness by this president and this president's administration that he allows Turkey to push us around this way with all of your sources throughout the diplomatic community, throughout Washington, throughout the world. Do you have any insights? Have they given you any insights as to why Donald Trump, who in the past has kowtowed, of course, to Vladimir Putin, kowtowed to Kim Jong-un, have they given you any insight in your reporting as to why Donald Trump now is being so weak uh, and 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 malleable to Erdogan. People, it's inexplicable. Are, are the Saudis, the Israelis, some of our closest allies, 
uh, who have themselves behaved, uh, certainly the Saudis, in inappropriate ways, and the Israeli leadership in disarray, how he could be siding with Erdogan and going against even those allies, to say nothing of the Syrian Kurds on the ground. The speculation, of course, among diplomatic officials, among uh, people who are so distressed about this, is that it could be business interests. We don't. Oh, my gosh. So they're going to say that it's business interests. Are you listening? So first, he lied and said that the president of Turkey won't see him. Second, they're trying to push that this was business interests. Listen to us. We know. Bottom line is we let them do that. We pulled out because there's no point. You could talk until you're blue in the face. When people don't like you, they don't care what you have to say. They don't want to hear what you have to say. They really don't. They will never listen to anything you might have to say. You could say, but the sky is blue and you'll hear liar. You could say, um, you know, hey, I think that it would be better that we don't set trees on fire and that we chop them down instead to clear the forest. And they'll say, you're insane. Look at this. Uh, you know, this is how they operate. Uh, you know, this is how the insane people operate. No matter how right you are, no matter how honest it is, no matter how simple it may be, and no matter how beneficial it may be, they will make sure that it looks detrimental and that you look insane and they come out triumphant. I mean, I don't know how they could come out triumphant on this one because even the president of Turkey called them out saying, this is BS. So I thought that we should put that down there so you clearly understand just how fake news they are. Now, the fact that Pence is there, I mean, he's on a short lease, so I'm good. Um, let me see if there's any opening words from their meeting uh, before they have their press. So let's see. Thank you for seeing Okay, you guys. Um, so first of all, I just want to say, okay, they're posing for pictures, but I want to say when they met, uh, Pence is square. We know this, right? Um, he's very well trained, very stealthy. We saw him when he passed that note with, um, the sheriffs, but he was super square, invaded Erdogan's space. Erdogan had his so- shoulders slouched, kind of bent over, really relaxed, like, all right, let's just get, a- get this over with. Pence was really serious and he was like, thank you for seeing me and stares him dead in the eyes. And it felt really awkward looking at them like it was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. But I think that was him telling him, I'm being watched, so let's be careful. I am telling you that is exactly it. That's the kind of look I give to my kids if we're (laughs) out in public and they want to act crazy. I'll be like... And give that death stare, like, watch it. And he literally pulled into his space really square and kept staring forward as if, you know, it was, it was very not, um, normal. Let's just say that. So that is how they met. And then they sat down, took pictures, awkward pictures. But that brief, uh, handshake was, uh, creepy. So let's move on before that breaks. 
to listen to what, okay, I'm not going to talk about Elijah Cummings yet, okay? We're going to talk about that a little bit later uh, because there's more to come on that front. Um, and there's more that's going to be coming. I mean, we could all ask ourselves. I mean, he was in hospice for so long and signed so many documents. Kind of like the same argument I did with Ruth. I mean, she was suffering cancer, yet she was signing opinions. You know, makes you wonder. Uh, but that we can talk about a little bit later because there's more to come on that. Um, I just want you guys to listen to what the Democrats supporters have been saying to Millie and, you know, how they really can't support their own candidates. Take a listen to the statements that they were making to her. People are absolutely crazy. Anyone that could support Trump is absolutely crazy. End of conversation. And he's, uh, I think, a Russian asset. Delusional, huh? This is Millie Weaver, and we are here at Otterbein University, where Democrat debate night number four is about to take place. As you can see behind me, we have some never-Trumpers out here, some anti-Trump protesters, and we also do have a handful of pro-Trump people out here as well on the other side of the street. Why are you out here outside of the Democrat debates protesting Trump? Well, I'm not exactly here protesting. I'm saying we need an alternate candidate, and I think uh, we'd be well advised to get a Democrat. But the other thing is I've just completed a musical, 2020 the musical. Trump, the Trump 2020, the time has come to halt his bigotry. Guys, this is real. Go to 2020themusical.com. It's hilarious. This woman is insane. What is Trump doing that's wreaking havoc on our country? Well, for, well, let's just use a current example about pulling out, pulling our troops out of, uh, you know, Syria, and now uh, Russia's moving in. So, aren't you happy that's, that's, that he brought that, the troops home? Well, I don't think it's that simple. And you know, I'm, I'm not. Uh, you, I guess I'm guessing that you've read more about this than I have coming in. Uh, to this place to ask questions. What's my source of news? Yeah, is it Fox? Oh, I use tons of different sources oh, of news. Fox is your main I, I do use Fox sometimes. Use what? What's do your you source? No, do you watch CNN? I watch lots of different news sources. Okay, so you probably do but watch CNN. Fox. So did because you hear about did you hear about the Project Veritas video exposing CNN that CNN's president is essentially pushing all this impeach and this anti-Trump? News because he has a personal vendetta against Trump. President of CNN has a personal vendetta against Trump. The Project Veritas has released the video proof of CNN staff proudly admitting to leading an anti-Trump crusade. Which may amount to professional misconduct. He has admission saying that. It was shown at a Trump event recently where he's shooting uh, media people and anybody else he can get his hands on. That was a meme! No, it was shown at a Trump event. It was a meme. This is a disturbing example of the so-called meme wars, these kinds of videos, in this case pro-Trump videos all over YouTube. This particular video was created more than a year ago, uh, but became very notable last week when it was shown at this right-wing conference in Florida. Right-wing conference in Florida. We know Donald Trump Jr. was there. We know that Sarah Huckabee Sanders was there. Oh my gosh, like Brian Settler's like really at it. I wonder how Zuck tastes. Like seriously. His nose is so brown. So brown. I feel so bad for him. I feel bad for him because he believes what he says. 
it makes you really, really sad. Now, I want to skip over to where she's asking these um, people questions because their responses are incredible. So you're standing here? You're standing here? Why are you standing here? I support Tom Schoener. Why why are you guys standing here? No fear. Democrats are standing here. No hate. No fear. But are Democrats standing over there? No fear. Too? And over there? Who loves Millie? I love she pointed out there was like a Tom group, a beta. It's like, I'm dead serious. Like, you can't even make this up. Like, this is what, you know, people that are writers for comedies, they should be watching this because this is pure comedy, pure comedy. Like, seriously, here's Beto supporters, Beto supporters, like Beto has no money, but he has people holding signs for him. And, you know, that is hilarious. Super hilarious. Why is Beto better than Tom Sayer? I'm okay. What do you think about Joe Biden and the corruption with him and his son Hunter? Do you think that that's going to weigh on him in the election? I think that that is, whether you want to call it corrupt or just an old-fashioned way of looking at politics, I think we're ready to move on. I think we're ready to say that the vice president's son shouldn't be making money on a company that the vice president does business with, whether or not there was anything illegal. We all know it's kind of swampy. Who do you think is the candidate right now that has, it has the least likelihood of beating Trump? The least likelihood of beating Trump? Out of the ones debating tonight. Elizabeth Warren. Does anybody really get excited when somebody goes, hell yeah, I'm taking your two cents? It's boring. There's nothing. People get excited when they say, hell yeah, I'm giving you tax breaks though, right? Everybody likes more money in their pockets. I hope that we have an idea of America that's bigger and broader and more exciting than here's $200 a month. You mean like Andrew Yang's uh, UBI, $1,000 a month? Anyway, you know, the $200 here on Social Security or the $1,000. I hope that America means more to you as an American than here's a check. Well, I actually don't have not decided to vote for Amy yet. Okay, he's wearing an Amy for America t-shirt. Amy from Minnesota, right? And this is... <laughs> I haven't decided if I'm voting for her yet. But look, I'm wearing her t-shirt and I'm in one of the other sections. So you remember how those guys were like, Democrats are standing here and they're, you know, holding signs for like Tom. And then she went like diagonally across the street to the other group. And it's like, um, you know, they're supporting Beto. And then the Beto Democrat was like, Yeah, we should be focused on more than just a check. Don't know what that means. Now she's over to the other group of Democrats because they're standing everywhere rather than inside. They're all out there. And he's wearing an Amy for America T-shirt saying, I'm not sure if I'm going to vote for her. Listen. 
I'm here with my friend Christine, who's from Minnesota, or Christina, who's from Minnesota. Um, I have not yet decided. Well, why are you wearing an Amy shirt, then? Well, like I said, I'm here with my friend Christina, who's from Minnesota. I'm an MPA student at Ohio State, so I think it's important to participate in the political process. She's a really um, pragmatic leader. I used to work for her in Minnesota, and I think she's a great moderate choice for, you know, those who might not be all the way, you know, left or... Okay, so the girl's not that hot. That guy is definitely kitty cat whipped, uh, wearing an Amy t-shirt and going with her. Um, so, uh, that was, um, quite interesting to watch that dynamic when she's talking, but take a listen to this. Hey, you know, left or all the way right? She's a great center choice. So what do you think about the controversy with Joe Biden and his son Hunter Biden? Do you think that's going to hurt him during the election? What? I'm just wondering why Infowars, of all of the... Um, what did you just say? What? Someone's racist? No, I don't think that's what she said, but I don't really understand. You know, I had to look you up after we talked, and, and we had a wonderful conversation, but... So I don't understand why you're interrupting my interview if... Well, I have done you no wrong, well, ma'am. I guess I'm wondering why you're not being transparent with people to say, I'm from CBS, I'm from NBC, I'm from CNN, I'm from InfoWars. I'm being very transparent right here. It's as I'm Millennial Millie on YouTube, MillennialMillie.com. Anyone who knows me can find that. And I would venture to guess that most people here don't know you, although it's a pleasure to meet you. Okay. Okay? Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Am I am I not allowed to talk to two people no, in the public? You, no, you are absolutely. Oh wait, she goes to buy people. Him. But that was just showing you just how um, they like to put people in boxes. Now, uh, M- Millie does do Infowars. Millie does her own thing. Millie goes anywhere she wants to go. Millie is Millie. Okay, it's like saying, oh, you know, um, Dan Bongino doesn't have his own. He does, but he goes on Fox too. I mean, uh, seriously, though? Okay, so now she's going to be talking to the Biden people. Just listen. During the election, how many more allegations can you have than what with, with the current person we have in office? There is no way. Uh, it has been proven that he has not done anything. It has been proven that he has not done anything wrong. So to continue to make allegations, especially false allegations, in an attempt to dissuade Americans from voting for the person who would be the best president of this country. So, Do you think, do you think Joe Biden's history with um, advocating for segregation in the country is going to weigh on him? I think Joe Biden's history of advocating for this country will weigh on him. And I feel that that should contribute to him being selected as the next president of the United States. Him being selected as the next president. I'm standing for anything that... Just so you know, these people are holding Obama-Biden signs, too. Eradicates the current president and all of the misgivings that he's doing and all he has done to... um, is that the most important thing, to eradicate the president? Well, how about all that he stands for? How about all that he's done? How about all that he's doing? He's made the lowest African-American unemployment history. That's one of the things that he's doing. That does not even resonate with me. It's all the other things. He can't Our even... economy's doing great. Our stock no, market's no, great. No. It doesn't matter about the economy. It doesn't matter about the economy. No, no, it's about what he has done globally and what he is doing as far as his misgivings of his inarticulate behavior. You don't think he's helping the economy? 
Oh my gosh, no. So the numbers, the facts, the statistics, they don't mean anything, right? What he thinks he's done for the economy. But look what he has done globally. Yeah, the, the record low African American unemployment. Numbers? That's numbers. No, no, okay. no. Number. No. I want numbers. I don't even want to say anything else. Oh, yeah. I'm, okay. I'm done. Money. I'm done. Money, money, money. No. Money, money, money. He's the only president that's ever donated his presidential salary so to the veterans. So what? Okay. That makes him great. Well, she said all he cares about is money. Obviously not. He would have made more money if he never became president. He's making money hand over fist. He's not making money hand over fist. Well, he's not. Look at Trump talking about him. Oh, wow. It seems like they're just jealous that he's a good businessman. And this guy is on oxygen, uh, uh, looks about... He looks about 65 to 70, but maybe 50 and has ear expanders on. I'm just saying. So um, this is what was going on outside of the DNC during uh, out of the Democratic debate. Sorry, not DNC in Ohio. This is what they have to say. They're talking facts. You give them facts. They don't like them. They say that he's making hand, look at Trump Tower. So who cares? He made a lot of money because he's smart and he's really, really good at making money. And guess what? He's translated that to our economy. We're all making money. Everybody's working. There's jobs, jobs, jobs and tax rate less, more money in your pocket. But instead they want to tax you to like 90%. Really? Like who really votes for that? I'll see you guys in just a bit, right after this short break. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that you can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr., and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our Legal Defense Fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you and God bless America. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable my pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code Red State. That's 1-800-961-9194, promo code Red State. Put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow, the most comfortable pillow you will ever own. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit mypillow.com. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. 
Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219. All right, welcome back, everyone. So that was a great kind of segment, um, first segment, I guess, because she spent a whole lot of time in um, at the Democratic debate just to show you just how insane these people are. They are literally losing their minds. And it's not just them. It's their leaders, too. They're dropping like flies. I mean, Elijah Cummings was only 68. That's kind of young, considering he's filthy rich, so he can afford the best health care there is, right? So someone that's 68 that may have the problems he has, yeah, croaking at about 68 would make sense. But for someone that has an insane amount of money, I mean, come on. Ruth has seasonal cancer. Every, like, summer to early fall, she gets, like, a new type of cancer. This woman is so tiny, guarantee you, like, 90% of her body has been cancer. And yet she's still alive and kicking, and he's not? Let's just put it into perspective. Think about it. Mm. So, moving along. So, it's not just the Democrats that are super insane, but their leaders are, too. Yesterday, there was a meltdown, and Pelosi, for some reason, thinks, showing the fact that she freaked out. They put a picture up there. Guys, I saw a tweet by a reporter at MSNBC. Actually, it was a video thing. Let me play it to you now, because this guy is seriously delusional. Seriously delusional. She, uh, he's like, she looks like she's in power. She, everybody's sitting on the other side and even on her side is kind of like, yo, you've totally lost the plot. But before we go there, let's, let's listen to Chuck Schmuck tell you how, (laughs) I'm sorry. I wish I was there. Third rate politician. (laughs) That was awesome. Take a listen. He was insulting, particularly to the speaker. She kept her cool completely, but he called her a third-rate politician. He said that the there are communists involved, and you guys might like that. I mean, this was not a dialogue. It was sort of a diatribe, a nasty diatribe, not focused on the facts, particularly the fact of how to curtail ISIS, a terrorist organization that aims to hurt the United States in our homeland in our homeland i'm sorry last time i checked syria is not our homeland okay and then here's the new spiel that they're giving you oh my god she pulled out the troops and now turkey and russia are invading first of all russia's not invading they have tardis they have their largest naval base that sits on the eastern mediterranean that all of my listeners that have been listening with me, sitting with me and having conversation with, well, it kind of feels like one-sided, but okay. But I feel like we're having a conversation, right? Um, 
you know, they have their largest naval base. We've been saying this for over a year. There's no way that they're going to let Turkey kick them out of there or let Turkey have any control of Idlib. And that is exactly the portion they want. And and once they get that, it's done for, for Russia. Russia has a mutual defense agreement, just like the one I described back on, was it October 8th, October 7th? I don't know. Um, where we were talking about how Pompeo re-upped and revamped our mutual defense agreement with Greece, which was the last country on the Mediterranean block that he needed to finish. So that means that if uh, Syria goes to war, Russia goes to war. So they're coupled together. And Russia just brokered a deal where the Kurds are hanging with the, Rus- with the Syrians, you know, working together to fight against Turkey. And again, think about it. Why are they fighting against Turkey? I thought the war was ISIS. If we've captured ISIS and we're telling them deal with it, since Germany doesn't want their jihadis that they trained and England doesn't want their jihadis, figure out what you want to do with it. Not this. You know, President Trump made it clear through one tweet so perfectly put. And I've said this before. The outrage that they're showing, oh, all these Kurds are going to die. And how dare he do this? It's like, uh, hello, hello. Half a million people have died under the Obama administration that are Kurds. Yet, you know, now the outrage? Are you kidding? Are you? Come on, man. Seriously. This is, this is where it's kind of like, come on. You really need to, you know, you need to pick, you know, your rhetoric and stick to it. Cause it's literally not making any sense. You know, under Obama, all these people died and it was no big deal. Kind of like that idiot that made the musical of Dump Trump. It's like, oh, you know most of it like me, but it's not that simple pulling out troops. Kind of is. Kind of is. Because while the Hussein Obama administration was trying to create the same thing that happened in Iraq, okay, same thing that happened in Libya, right? Libya, thank goodness, kind of got got out from under it because Hillary Clinton ran that show and she's vicious and nasty and the Libyans were not as easy as she thought to take over. But half a million people were killed in Syria when Hussein was president. (laughs) Nah, he's going to be an impeached president. But this all happened during his term and they were being slaughtered and no one said anything. And then, like I said... Tens of thousands washed up on the shores of Greece with empty body cavities in 2015. No one said a word. And yet now that we pull 50 people out that we had coordinating our best tactical peeps, you know, oh my gosh, you're pulling out. Yeah, we're pulling out you making money. The military industrial combat. You know, didn't you and I, my fellow listener, talk about this where... I played that clip from Eisenhower. Remember, we talked about this months ago. Seems like right on the money on seven months ahead of schedule, isn't it? Here's what people aren't understanding, that history repeats itself more so because they don't have any new tricks. It's a one-trick pony. Corruption. Okay? Creature of comfort. Listen. (laughs) Listen. Listen to how lawyers like we're deeply offended. Take a listen. Steny, just briefly, uh, you're going to hear the president say we walked out. We were offended deeply by his treatment of the Speaker of the House of Representatives. 
The president, in my view, has created a crisis in the Middle East, a crisis that undermines the world's confidence in America. So, oh, you're going to hear the president say we walked out because you did because of the way he spoke to the speaker because he should. She's like really not all together. She's not drunk. Dude, maybe it's a plastic surgery. Seriously. Pulling so tight. I don't know. But you guys are clowns. It's a freaking clown show. And here we have him saying he's created a Middle East crisis for global. But no, you mean nobody's making money because now it's pure out clean war. It's Russia and Syria against Turkey. And Turkey doesn't like to be told you can't have those borders. Turkey doesn't like to be told you can't drill oil there. You can't drill over here. I mean, two times they've invaded sovereign waters of other nations. And everyone's like, hey, bad Turkey, stop it. And they're like, yeah, whatever. And then they do it again. Bad Turkey, stop it. You think they're going to stop because we got 50 people in Syria? ISIS, they fund them. ISIS, they're there to keep that destabilization. Nobody wants President Trump to create peace in the Middle East. That's detrimental to their pockets. How are they going to make money? You know, art. Remember that word, art, art LLC, art LLC. Three clients manages $2 billion. I want you to guess, hmm, is it part of the MIC? Just let that sit for a bit. Uh This crisis required a rational, reasonable discussion between those of us who have been elected by the American people to set policy. Unfortunately, the meeting deteriorated into a uh, diatribe, as uh, Leader Schumer has said, uh, and a very offensive uh, accusations being made by the President of the United States. I have served with six presidents. I have been in many, Term limits. many meetings like this. Term limits, please. Never have I seen a president treat so disrespectfully a co-equal branch of the government. You're not equal. Sorry, you're not equal. Sten Hoyer, we need to start doing some digging on this guy. He's pulling out a righteous sword. I think they're pulling out their cleanest sword they can that's less corrupt. Six presidents? Really? You need to be gone like decades ago. Term limits. Nancy Pelosi smirking. They think that what she did was champion. It just showed just how clowny they are. I mean, guys, we all know that Schumer could play uh, the penguin, right, from from the Batman series. Totally, just put him in a fat suit. Uh, totally the penguin. Of the United States. They are so butthurt. Take a listen to what this clown has to say about how gracious and how 50 years from now, school children studying American history will see the photo of Nancy Pelosi standing up. How dare you call me a third-rate politician? Lucky her dentures didn't slip out, you know, and that she was the one, uh, you know, they'll instantly know who was in charge in the room. She's not in charge. Dude, she is going to be, she's not getting reelected. You know, she might actually get sick. I mean, Nadler may be in hospice right now, too. I mean, all these people signing this stuff may be in hospice, too. I'm surprised Nancy Pelosi isn't. I 
said it before. And I wrote that open letter and I'm going to repost it again months and months ago, didn't I? Where I said it is a concern that this woman is third in place to take the presidency. I demand that she gets a psyche eval from an independent party. I don't believe she has her faculties. She does not. It is a problem. We can't have people that are insane sitting in the house insane in the fact that she may have dementia. Definitely because she's called him Bush so many times forgets what year it is. I mean, she can't even pass a basic screening of, you know, I guarantee you she goes into the hospital and they're like, tell me your name. She's like, I- I- I'll tell you my-, my name. Date of birth. Um, Isn't that kind of private? It's like, do you remember? Where are you at? At a hospital. What's the name? Why are you asking me questions? That would be the response someone would give like Nancy Pelosi because she's completely lost her mind. But here's the take from fake news MSNBC. Uh, mm. And because Donald Trump has the weakest mind in the history of the American presidency, he released the photograph of that moment captured perfectly by a White House photographer. We would not have that photograph if Donald Trump had not made the profoundly stupid mistake of tweeting it. And that photograph, thanks to Donald Trump, will now become the single most important and indelible photographic image of the Trump presidency. It tells the story of the Trump presidency better than any other photograph. Nancy Pelosi immediately placed that photograph on her Twitter page, and she will never replace it with a better photograph. It is the perfect portrait of the child president. The Trump face is full of the confusion and fear of a four-year-old boy being rebuked by an adult in the room full of adults who know he shouldn't be there. Fifty years from now, school children studying American history will come upon this photograph, and they will instantly know who was in charge in that room, the adult standing and pointing at the pained face across the table. Historians will recognize that when Nancy Pelosi stood up to that president today, she wasn't just standing up for herself and for Congress. She was standing up for the millions of Americans and millions of people around the world who immediately stood up to Donald Trump after he was inaugurated in what turned out to be the largest inauguration protest in history, a protest that went worldwide. She was standing up for American voters whose democracy has been attacked by foreign agents while Donald Trump welcomes those attacks. She was standing up for children held in custody at the southern border by Donald Trump and mothers and fathers separated from those children by Donald Trump. She was standing up for Kurds in Syria being killed tonight by forces unleashed by Donald Trump. She was standing up to the lies and racist poison that Donald Trump has been spewing since he first opened his mouth about President Obama's birth certificate. She was standing up for all of us against all of that. And so, of course, it was impossible. Wait, listen to this again. Just listen carefully to what he says. And spewing since he first opened his mouth about President Obama's birth certificate. She was standing up for all of us against all of Spewing things about Obama's birth certificate. Oh, how did that? Let's just. Mm. That and so, of course. It was impossible for Donald Trump to understand the moment, impossible for him to understand what that photograph represents to the world. That's why he tweeted it into history today. We love that photo 
I love it. It shows exactly who the face of the Democratic Party is. Insane, defiant, and against the people. My president looked amazing. He looked like he really didn't care what she had to say because what she had to say was pure insanity. Wasn't even paying attention at all. Doesn't care. Doesn't care at all. And I could see that a lot of people were smirking, too, because she looked crazy. She had a meltdown. I just retweeted, again, an open letter that I had done, and I'll read it to you guys. And I did this months and months ago, uh, you know, because this is important. This is not, you know, a jab, right? But this is important. As a constituent, I have serious concern about the House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Regardless of her political disposition and rhetoric, the concern I have is that of national security and the integrity of the House due to the merited concerns of her symptoms she is exhibiting over the past year and increasing with severity, indicating bouts of memory issues, referring to the president, uh, referring to President Trump as President Bush. And most recently in the past six months, she has been exhibiting textbook systems of expressive aphasia. I'm not her physician, but my studies in human physiology, molecular and cellular biology, and my extensive medical research in Bucca's area substantiate the confidence in my observations. Specifically, I've conducted research as a graduate student in the expressive aphasia in patients that have suffered reperfusion injuries to the Bucca's area of the frontal lobe, usually from head trauma or stroke. Expressive aphasia is a syndrome of non-fluent speech. Speech is often brusque and tumulated and seemingly telegraphic in nature. You hear that all the time, guys. Patients who suffer from expressive aphasia have speech that is articulated effortfully and lacks normal melody, you know, and it sounds wrong. It's this person. Watching her past 20 press statements, and now we can, we have so many more after that. And commentary, she demonstrates one, if not all symptoms aforementioned. I'm asking you, my representative, and I sent this to Congressman Kelly Armstrong to take strong consider, well, I sent it to the minority leader, but also my um, uh, congressman, take strong consideration in my observation, and I am confident that an independent neurologist, that independent neurologist would concur. Speaker Pelosi is third in line for presidential succession. Thus, it is imperative that she be in sound health. Patients that exhibit such symptoms at even a lesser degree than which I have been observing of Speaker Pelosi warn, warrant immediate thorough examination of the patient's medical history to identify if there are past Stroke, reperfusion, and or head injuries, imaging studies, and undergo a Boston diagnostic aphasia examination. I bring this observation and suggestion with the utmost respect and sincerity of concern for our nation's national security. This is something that I sent off to the House Months ago, June 7, 2019, I sent it to my congressman. It was very important that someone see it, someone take it. Uh, you know, obviously, I am conservative. I don't like what Pelosi has to say. She's made way too much money. She never leads the house without a visa, right? You know, she's corrupt. But putting all that aside, being completely objective, and just looking at this person is third in line for the succession, this is a big deal. We cannot have someone like that third in line. We can't. And, you know, there's health privacy issues, but I'm sorry. 
you know, the president gets, you know, um, his physical and that we know it, she should have one too. And I'm telling you, there is definitely a concern in regards to how she processes information and how she has bouts of lucidity and not, um, I can see that she's on medication, uh, because you can see it from her pupils. Um, she does take, uh, medication, uh, that seems to have like an anti-anxiety effect on the way her pupils constrict, uh, you know, when she's speaking, uh, even in open light, um, you know, artificial light. Like I watch that stuff. That tells you everything you need to know. And so Pelosi's meltdown is nothing but her frustration. You know, patients, unfortunately, when they're sick, and especially if they're angry, nasty, and corrupt like her, um, you know, they get frustrated really easily. And for all you nurses out there, because, you know, I was trained by the best nurses in telemetry. I have to give it to it. My nurses down at uh, UK, University of Kentucky, Good Samaritan, which was like the, you know, poor people hospital. <laughs> That's where people with Medicaid went. I spent so much time in the telemetry and ICU unit. Um, I learned so much from them. You know, I actually feel sad that I moved into, you know, surgery after that because I had so much fun uh, being with them because I learned so much. And I noticed how patients respond, especially ones that are having a breakdown in mental faculties. And this is exactly what we're seeing with Nancy Pelosi. This is a problem. I mean, I know she has a team of staffers, kind of like Elijah Cummings had his wife, like forge his signature on the subpoena, right? <laughs> because the signatures don't match. Uh, let's just put that that way. But it is a very big concern. All of us should be calling our congresspersons and saying, I'm concerned that she's not well. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm saying I don't think she's well. And every single Democrat out there should be doing the same thing. Do you really want someone that's not well speaking for you? Listen to what she had to say. As you know, yesterday on the floor, 354 members voted in a bipartisan way to oppose the president's dangerous decision uh, in regard to Syria. By two to one, Republicans voted to oppose the president's actions. There were only 60 votes in favor of the legislation. Uh, The legislation would have called for Turkey to use restraint for us to help our friends, uh, to be a trustworthy ally to, to Kurds, especially in humanitarian needs now that they're being bombed by the by the Turks are being attacked by the Turks it also calls for the president to show a clear plan for how Americans will be protected from Isis which has been further unleashed green light to the Turks actions taken that are uh, uh, renege on our handshake uh, with the with the Kurds and now and now we need to have a Freudian slip she, he reneged on the handshake that we had with the tur- er, Kurds. ...plan to deal with uh, what happens with ISIS. As you know, that was the subject of conversation yesterday at the White House. I also... Uh, they're so concerned about ISIS. They're not concerned about ISIS. Because if they were concerned about ISIS, they would have controlled them within two weeks like the president did. Instead, it's been like a decade and then some. Uh, ...pointed out to the president I had concerns that the L road seemed to lead to Putin. Uh, the Russians have been trying to get a foothold in the Middle East for a very long time. On- 
What? They don't need a foothold. They already have one of their largest naval bases right there in Syria. They don't need any foothold. Successfully, and now the president has given them the opportunity with the Kurds reaching out to them uh, for support in Syria. So she's upset that 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 Russia said, listen, uh, Kurds, you don't need to be upset with Assad. We'll crack a deal. I guarantee you it's land. They're giving them land. Let's just fight. Let's get Turkey out of here. Let's clean up our space. Let's clean up the border and you guys can have your land. No one's going to fight for the other side because they want protection. That's such BS. Kurds and the Turks have been at war for thousands of years. She's insane. She's talking to stupid people that have no idea of the dynamic in the Middle East. And I can't stand it when I hear pundits, even ones that people love, talk about it when they haven't had their boots on the ground. They have not experienced the Kurdish culture, you know, their gypsy type culture, because they are gypsy type, right? Uh, the way that they've been ousted out of uh, being able to formulate uh, land, it was was the same complaint that the Israelis had. You know, before World War II, they didn't have land. They were just, it was a territory that they owned. We gave them the borders. We gave them the borders. And this is how the Kurds are taking their borders. After thousands of years of being pushed aside. I mean, people really need to, um, you know, visit history and, and, and learn about it. Because what they're telling you is complete and utter rubbish. And it is, it is in fear. I am so pissed when I hear people talk about this because it's like you have no idea. There is no way a Kurd would side with Syria who says you don't deserve land ever. They would slaughter whoever says that this isn't your land. Pompeo, Trump. Everybody and their mother of the Trump admitted they're fighting for their land. They've said it with their own mouth. Here, Pelosi's saying, ISIS, let's scare them. ISIS, weren't you the one? Wasn't your party the one giving arms and money to ISIS? Please take a backseat, lady. You know, you need to get, you know, yourself in check. Because what she's telling us is utter rubbish. And she's talking to stupid America, not woke America. Okay. Because we're awake now. See you in just a few minutes after this break. Real news. Welcome, welcome, welcome back. This is the second hour of the Tory Sess Show. I'm your host, Tori. Always here, 12 to 2, Monday through Friday. So here is something interesting. So we have Sondland going in for testimony before Congress. He didn't even have to go. The subpoena is like super fake. There's no impeachment. Everything's behind closed doors. It's rubbish. But he's going anyway. And... um. The bottom line is, is we see that the left is now trying to pretend that they're the free press. How? Well, you know, Jeff Bennett decided that he wanted to show how the free press is. And he's being honored for it. He did what we call Loomer. 
Jeff Bennett tried to Loomer Sondland and he is praised. Whereas Laura Loomer show has been showing the whole world what free press is for and um and and got banned. She got banned. Okay? She got banned from it and assaulted by Rashida and Maxine Waters for acting like free like the free press should. That is a fact. Okay, so let me play you this clip where MSNBC is priding themselves for it. Hold on, let me get that. Because this just came in and I'm like, no, that is BS. As a res- hey, good morning, sir. How are you? Did President Trump instruct you to say that there Excuse was me. no quid Excuse me, sir. You, as, a, as a respected attorney, I'm sure you understand how the, how the free press works, sir. Thank you. <laughs> Can you say definitively, sir, that there was free no quid pro quo? I'm not giving any comment until my testimony. Thanks. Why was it important for you to show up here today? It's always important to show up when Congress calls. Are you here to salvage your reputation, sir? I don't have a reputation to salvage. Hey, good morning, huh. sir. So he was pushed away um, by the lawyer there. He's like, just go away. And he's like, oh, no, this is the free press. This is the free press. When um, Laura Loomer did it, you know, it was no big deal. You know what I want them to do? I want them to sue the lawyer because then that means Laura Loomer gets to get more money. I just wanted to say that. The hypocrisy is coming out, guys. It's oozing through their pig pores, right? I just want to finish up with Nancy Pelosi and what she has to say in regards to Syria. You see how they're trying to terrorize people, um, you know, uh, with uh, you know, ISIS. L- listen to what else she says because 354 House members, that included my congressman, signed a document opposing, opposing our president's decision. That is a very big deal, especially when you're up for re-election. Uh, they have, uh, the, the Russians were the beneficiaries of any withholding of assistance or encouragement to the Ukraine. Again, Putin benefits. The Russians benefited. Putin did. Um, the president placed some doubt about our commitment to NATO right from the start of his administration. All roads lead to Putin. Then the president said, well, the reason I'm taking the troops out of, of Syria is because I promised in the campaign to bring the troops home. My question to him was, is Saudi Arabia home? Is Saudi Arabia home? Why are our troops going to Saudi Arabia if you promised to bring them home? He said, well, the Saudi Arabians are paying for it. That really, we're putting our troops in harm's way for Saudi Arabia because they're paying. I, it, it just didn't add up. But what it did do was cause a mill. Oh, so um, remember, I told you and we sent 500 troops to Saudi Arabia. I told you it's because we're flanking Qatar, right? I've, I've told you that before. So uh, real news right here. You already knew that we sent troops. And yeah, he's right. Saudi Arabia is paying their fair share in cooperative support. And, you know, the European Union's not. They're not even paying a fraction of what they should be paying. All the poor nations that have no money have been paying their part because they're like, you know what bottom line is? If something hits the fan, we've been paying so they can't hold it against us and they got to jump in. You know, imagine being Cyprus and Turkey where you're paying your portion to NATO and you're being invaded by Turkey and they're just like, bad, bad Turkey. But nothing. Just like, we're going to make you face the wall. You're going to be in timeout. We're going to have a problem. All they're doing is waving that finger for almost a year to date because they started drilling November last year. So almost a year to date. 
<laughs> They've been shaking this finger, and those people have been paying to be supported in acts of war. And, you know, Pelosi's like, why, why are you doing it to the Saudis? Oh, because they're paying, so other people aren't paying? No, they're not. Meltdown on the part of the president because he was unhappy with that, uh, those questions. And it was unfortunate because we really went to, we were invited to the meeting. The president started off the meeting by saying, I don't know who asked for this meeting. I didn't. And we're like, well, then, well, let's proceed anyway. And, uh, um, we had hopes. Yeah. The president said, I didn't book this meeting. Who made this meeting up? Why are we meeting? A real mission was to find out what the plan was. Leader, um, Leader Schumer. So she didn't know about this meeting. The president was like, who set this meeting up? Like, what is this effing meeting? And she's like, well, we didn't set up the meeting, but our plan was to find out. Okay, you didn't, you didn't know about the meeting, but you had a plan going into the meeting because you knew the meeting's agenda because you didn't set it up, but you had a mission on this meeting. Paying attention? was very forceful in that discussion with the president. What is the plan? My plan is to protect America. So that's a goal, but it's not a plan. What is the plan for us to be protected from ISIS? Ask her how she's been protecting America by arming ISIS. Why doesn't anybody ask her in the press about that? They should ask her that. Uh, but Pelosi did have a meltdown over Syria questions. Now that You'll some of it. them have been unleashed in Syria because of the green light that the president gave the Turks... And, and reneging on our trustworthiness as an ally with the Kurds who had been our friends. So for these and other reasons, that was most unfortunate. <clears throat> on a separate front of all of that, uh, I'm very proud of the work of Count, uh, Chairman Adam Schiff. Uh, again, this is so solemn. None of us came to Congress to impeach a president. That's not what we come here to do. And any such actions are to be taken very solemnly. That's funny, because didn't they say that they were going to impeach President Trump before he became president, before he became president-elect, too? <sighs> Sounds like it was the plan all along. Man, they just lie and lie and lie. Seriously, in my view, prayerfully. It isn't a unifying thing for the country to have to go through this, but we do have to go we do have to honor our oath of office to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States, our democracy, and our republic, as Benjamin Franklin said, a republic, if we can keep it. Well, it is our fight to keep it. As I've said to you before, the times have found us to do just that. So I'm very proud of the work that Adam Schiff is doing. And this isn't about politics or partisanship. It's about patriotism for our country. And, the, and I, I pr- uh, value the way he is conducting this with equal time on all sides. For the She values that Schiff is doing everything behind closed doors because it's very patriotic. And that is exactly how it should be, right? That it needs to be behind closed doors. That's basically it. Questioning that are there, uh, you've heard from him. Uh, we, we were here together when he presented how he was proceeding. He also sent a letter to members yesterday, which is in the public domain. I call it to your attention in case you have some questions about the professionalism with, and the fairness with which uh, these hearings are being held. I can't believe that Fox removed that. Oh, my God. I am so upset. Oh, so upset. But before we move on, I just want to listen to, um, I want us to listen to, um, Megan Kelly, who actually joined Tucker. You know, that liar, that woman that decided to sell her soul to the devil, uh, you know, who, um, doesn't have a job now. (laughs) Take a listen. Weinstein 
Meanwhile, the network's most famous anchor, Matt Lauer, fled the building after he was implicated in a laundry list of misdeeds. An awful lot of drama for one network. Megyn Kelly was right there to see all of it. She left her show last October. She's not done a single televised interview since. We're happy to have her on our set tonight. Megyn Kelly joins us now. Megyn, good to see you. Hi, good to be with you. Um, you know what's funny? It's National Period Day. I kid you not, on October 19th. And so I just wanted to tell you guys something that I found out. Thank you from Millie, uh, the millennial. Um, it is, uh, this group um, is holding a National Period Day uh, kind of uh, thing uh, to remove pink tax. You know, that's like, so women don't get charged tax for tampons and period pads. Well, guess what? The guy leading, there's a guy leading the group. Millie Weaver, a millennial Millie. If you guys aren't following her, you should. Um, just don't tell me that. And I, I was just saying, because, you know, the whole bleeding vagina comment, you know, uh, Megan Kelly loved to talk about that because it's such a secret that women have periods and we become insane for a few days before our period. Okay, Megan, I hope that sword was great to die on because she's super broke. With you. So this Ronan Farrow book adds details to what we essentially knew, which is that NBC executives, Andy Lack, particularly Noah Oppenheim, I think the head of NBC News, covered up for Harvey Weinstein. So here's what Ronan Farrow's book says. And I want your reaction to this quote. Farrow brings a recording made by the NYPD to NBC, and in it, Harvey Weinstein admits that he abused an Italian model. On tape, Noah Oppenheim, head of the news division, responds this way, quote, My view is that the tape and Harvey Weinstein grabbing a lady's breasts a couple of years ago, that's not national news. Does that surprise you? Having worked there, you know nothing surprises me anymore, Tucker. In the, in this industry, I, as I've watched the Ronan story unfold as his book has come out, Ronan Farrow, Catch and Kill, the number one thing I've wanted to know is what did they know and when did they know it? Right. Because I've been reporting on this story even while I was at NBC. I, I talked to Ronan. I talked to his producer Rich McHugh. I talked to Rose McGowan. I talked to many Harvey Weinstein victims and accusers, and was getting to the bottom of what NBC knew while I was there. Uh, and then just independently. And the question is, what did they know about Matt Lauer prior to the time the woman came forward who was ultimately his downfall? She came forward, her name is Brooke Nevels, made an allegation against Matt Lauer. And the company's whole defense to Ronan's book essentially has been, that's the first we ever knew about Matt Lauer. There was no deal between us and Harvey Weinstein. Well, Matt Lauer can suck it, and so can Megyn Kelly, because she's trying to prop herself up to get herself some new show. She wants to suck herself on this new, more liberal, uh, you know, Fox News. I just wanted to say, um, so Fox News has been waiting for uh, Pence and Pompeo to hold a press conference in Turkey, and they've been announcing that it was going to be at 10 a.m., and then it's going to be at 12.15 p.m. Uh, then, first of all, they put it at 9 a.m., then it went to 10 a.m., and now it's it's been updated saying 12.15 p.m. Uh, and it is 12.18 p.m. where I'm at. It's 1.15 uh, Eastern time. They're still not. So this is, whoa, this is like, oh, snap. Because, you know, Pence is on a leash. He told him with his body. Pompeo's right there. And we're like, listen, man, this is how it's going to play out. And you know what? Turkey, 
I, I have large subscribers to the, um, to the actual podcast. And I found out that right out of ancient Troy, there's a radio station that plays me. So, hey, Turkey, I wanted to say, oh, and I wanted to say a huge shout out to a guy that I served with while in Pensacola, David Greenwald. Mmm. He, um, was, you know, one of those people that you don't forget. Um, he was, he was absolutely something, uh, not a guy that, you know, I dated or anything, maybe a guy that got away, you know, good little Jewish boy. <laughs> He's so sweet. Um, and you know, he was in air traffic control and Greenwald, big shout out to you. Um, and you know, I simply adore my shipmates. I mean, it's kind of late. Our birthday, Navy birthday just passed, but hey, shout out to that shipmate. Shout out to everyone in Turkey right now listening, waiting to hear about this because I got just now um, a text telling me, hey, we're listening to you live on air. Um, right, uh, I'm not going to mention the place, but it's near ancient Troy, let's say that, in around you know 25 kilometer uh, radius. So thank you guys for listening. I know a lot of you are Armenian descent as well. And, uh, I encourage you to stand strong and in, in these times of turmoil, uh, again, guys, they've delayed this meeting for over this, uh, press conference for, uh, you know, so this is a big deal. Okay. This delay is a big deal. Um, and I am going to scour, uh, the, Turkish channels that I have on my Turkish chatter. They're not coming back with anything, but anyway, let's shift gears. Let's talk about Brexit for a second while we wait for this announcement. I want you guys to listen to Al Jazeera reporting on Brexit. Al Jazeera. Okay. Listen. I've reached a deal. European Commission President Jean-Claude Juncker described the deal as fair and balanced for both sides. However, it still needs ratification from both the EU and UK parliaments. And Northern Ireland's DUP, which props up Boris Johnson's Conservative government, says it still won't support the deal. Boris Johnson has just tweeted, we've got a great new deal that takes back control. Now, Parliament should get Brexit done on Saturday so we can move on to other priorities like the cost of living, the NHS, violent crime and our environment. While European Commission President Jean-Claude Juncker has tweeted, where there is a will, there is a deal. We have one. It's a fair and balanced agreement for the EU and the UK, and it is testament to our commitment to find solutions. I recommended that hashtag EUCO, that's the European Council, endorses this deal. Well, Lawrence Lee is standing by in Brussels, but first we'll go to Rory Challens in London. And Rory, a lot of talk now about these deals. We've heard the, the tweets from Boris Johnson and Jean-Claude Juncker, but of course it still has to be ratified and the Democratic Unionists are standing in the way. Take us through that. Yeah, this is all sounding and looking very familiar, isn't it? Because we have been pretty much in this position before. Theresa May got a deal uh, with the European Union, brought it back, and it went down like a lead balloon in Parliament time and time again. Well, Boris Johnson is now having his go, uh, and already the signs are looking worrying for him because the DUP, as you say, the uh, Northern Irish uh, party that wants links between uh, 
the mainland UK and Northern Ireland to be as close as possible is saying that it cannot uh, support this in its current form. In a, a statement from them this morning, they said, as things, stand, as things stand, we can't support what is being suggested on customs and consent issues, and there is a lack of clarity on VAT issues. We will continue to work with the government uh, to get something that works for Northern Ireland and protects the economic and constitutional integrity of the United Kingdom. So this is a, a, a sign, I think, of the difficulty that Boris Johnson is going to face in getting this deal when we get to have a look at it and see what it, it entails through the Houses uh, of, of Parliament. Uh, that is a, a debate that is scheduled to take place on Saturday. Not very much time for all the MPs in the House to scrutinise this properly and work out whether they're going to give it their consent or not. Rory, I just want to drill down a little bit further into the objections from the Democratic Unionists because that whole question of Northern Ireland and a potential hard border and what that would mean has been crucial to all of this. Is the concern here from the Unionists that this would bring, in fact, uh, Belfast closer to Dublin. And a second point to that, just how much power do they have standing in the way? Is it enough to scuttle yeah. this? Well, they have less power than they used to because uh, under Theresa May's government, they propped up that government uh, with a, a consent agreement in the House of, of Commons. Now that Boris Johnson has uh, no majority anyway uh, in Parliament, they, as the DUP, have uh, less bargaining power, but they still do have uh, a significant amount of clout, uh, and their words, their objections, or their uh, approval mm -hmm. of any deal will carry weight because it will influence uh, other MPs, uh, just going, particularly MPs just going to cut in, in, in the there, sorry, Roy, we just, we, just need to, we just need to break away there. Uh, Barnier now, of course, uh, the, the negotiator, the chief EU Brexit negotiator, is speaking. Let's have a listen. Le texte juridique dont il est question that's involved here uh, should be published. It has actually been published by us, so it is available to you as of now. We have uh, arrived at an agreement with the British government on an ordered withdrawal of the United Kingdom from the European Union and also on the framework for our future relationship. This is the result of intensive work. The uh, on the part of the two negotiating teams, and I'd like to thank them in person. Obviously, the British team and our own team for their tenacity and professionalism. I'd also like to uh, uh, point to the results from a European side on the, on the basis of permanent dialogue and real confidence that's been built over the last three years with the 27 member states with the European Parliament. I can tell you, as you know, yeah, I'm going to really skip forward. Wait, hold on here. Here we go. The issue of VAT. It is an important subject. It says Northern Ireland will benefit from UK trade tariffs as per agreement. They came to an agreement where there will be tariffs uh, going uh, from Southern uh, Ireland to Northern Ireland. Remember, the EU was not moving. They wanted Northern Ireland. Instead, they made a deal. To avoid distortion 
of competition within the single market for good. On this point also, we have managed to achieve two objectives, maintain the integrity of the single market, but also satisfy the UK's legitimate wishes. And finally, number four, Prime Minister Johnson and the Taoiseach wanted to ensure long-term democratic support for the application by the UK authorities of relevant union rules in Northern Ireland. So, I just wanted to tell you, so the compromise was that they're going to have some EU rules going through. They're going to allow them to do some of that. They're going to let them uh, put it down. Now, I just found out from someone that something super curious happened with that vote yesterday. I am going to be working overtime right now to just put it together because it went like light bulb. And I have to thank Chris Berg for that. See, I love talking to other reporters. Seriously. It makes things so much easier. Um, wow. I don't think we're going to get anything out of uh, the press conference. But what I can tell you is I've um, scoured some foreign ones. So I'm going to kind of translate and well, translate. <laughs> I'm going to be translating it in my head and speaking it to you in English. It says Pence, um, Secretary of um, uh, uh, the Vice President and Secretary of State Mike. No, they said Pence and the Secretary of State Mike Pompeo didn't speak with any journalists before their meeting with Erdogan. Um, also, uh, senior officer, a tur- senior Turkish officer said that it is very possible that they have already conveyed the same demands, adding that negotiations in, uh, with a terrorist organization or the ending of any, um, operations, uh, was not on the agenda. Mm, that's pretty iffy. It says that Ibrahim Kalin, which is the head, um, kind of like the right arm of Erdogan in regards to his foreign policy, uh, are gathering up a response to the sanctions that we've done, like to further, to sanction us for it. Um, it says that Turkey has denied the request of President Trump for an agreement uh, to deter conflict and that, okay, and listen to this, and that President Trump's letter was literally thrown in the garbage as it came. So um, this has been the perfect way of checkmate. This is how we show the world who he is. But guys, wait till you see what I heard. I thank you. Oh, Chris, thank you. That text made my day, guys. You know, this is what's great. When patriots all work together for one common cause to find out what is really going on. Because there is so much garbage out there. So many people with great one-liners that makes absolutely no sense. That don't know what they're talking about. You know, one observation by someone to me was like, oh yeah. So President Trump, like I told you from a while ago, would back out and let Turkey show their real face. Russia would step in just like they have. 
The Kurds are fighting for their land. That's what they're doing. The Democrats are now using ISIS as a pawn when ISIS isn't even here. We're 7,000 miles away. And someone might say, well, they're coming. Well, we already took care of that. Pompeo spoke with Colombia. Pompeo and his team dealt with El Salvador. We're dealing with the North African migrants, you know, where Omar went hopping around for already. So they want to come through our southern border because Pelosi and the rest of the clowns think it's going to work. I don't know. Maybe they should ask Cummings how that worked out for him. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Sess Show. So tomorrow's Friday. Uh, it's going to be pretty crazy. I believe um, we're going to see some <laughs> some really, really insane things happening uh it's gonna be a little bit on fire gosh darn it this turkey situation is just working out exactly like we've been talking about for months right into it exactly the the way it should be i mean i can't even describe like it's as if i wrote the script man and it's not i didn't i'm not a genius it's just you can see it if you read the, what is it? The writing on the wall, right? <laughs> if you can, you know, be better to observe that, it would be so much easier. Now, I wanted to see Elijah Cummings, um, having passed away is pretty sad at 68, right? We said this. Um, but it's pretty curious because Nadler's missing. We haven't seen him or his pants, you know, pulled up to his neck. Uh, we don't see pretty much anything. So it is, um, highly concerning, uh, that we don't see him, we don't hear from him, and things may be happening uh, that are um, a little bit um, curious. Now, as far as the Democrats, I wanted to say something on this. The Democrats, the DNC in general, is completely broke. Completely broke. The DNC themselves, I'm just going to tell you right now, have raised $59 million, $10 million of which, you know, uh, came from Amalgamated Bank. But the contributors that they have are even more curious. We have Microsoft Corporation giving half a million dollars, Renaissance Technology half a million dollars, Simon Youth Foundation about 350000 Art Advisors, Art, A dot R dot T dot LLC, 350,000, Paloma Partners, Sumerian Foundation, all these weird things. Lee Fung, oh, and, of, and of course, this union, United Auto Workers, American Federation for State, City and Municipal Employees, um, you know, Amalgamated Bank, Pete for America has, um, given 175,000 to them. And it's just really, really weird because the geography is so sequestered too. California has given four million of that, um, four million dollars as a top state. Then comes New York at three million. Then Washington is at one point five. Florida at one point five, and Massachusetts is one point two. I mean, uh, the uh, this is pretty crazy. Now, um, it says that New York um, Metro, New York, and not I just I'm just seeing this, and it's like. I'm, I'm, I'm super confused. Obviously, Mountain View, California is the most hottest zip code in donating in, and New York, of course, New York City. Uh, but 
I'm looking at the money that they have and it is literally a fraction. It is like at this time during the last presidential cycle, they had raised $300 million. They've got 50 million and we know at least 10 of it is a loan. That says everything you need to know. These people are broke and running on credit. And even on your, um, you know, on open secrets, it tells you how much they've spent, how much they brought in. They've actually raised 59.6 million and spent 59.9 million, but they have 8 million cash on hand. 8 million for a presidential election is absolute rubbish. Absolute, it means absolutely nothing. Like the PAC money that flowed to the DNC flowed right before a meeting that they had in August. It was super weird. Um, you know, they got PAC donations from like Pfizer, the drug company, National Association of Realtors, Dwayne Morris, you know, all before their meeting, their big meeting in August, labor union groups, American Federation of County and City Employees, American, the teachers union, United Auto Workers, they contribute half a million dollars in August. Like they are trying to raise money. I mean, they're, they threw a, um, a big fundraiser, uh, when was it? Um, I'm trying to think. In August, uh, the, the end of August in, um, San Francisco and donations. We, we don't know what they got, but 13 of the presidential candidates were supposed to be in San Francisco for the DNC meeting, you know, which is pretty weird, but the DNC only, only raised 7.7 million in July. Okay. And that's including like another 350 from Reed Hoffman. You know, it's really insane. The RNC has raised 20.8 million, right? In one month. And it's more than what the Democrats have. And, you know, at, in one month, actually, they actually raised 46.6 million in cash. It's just really weird. Uh, you know, they're talking about how Casino Mongol, um, donated 284,000 to the RNC in July, making it the largest donors. Like, this is, this is really important, you guys. They have no money. The RNC has hundreds of millions and they've literally got 59 million. And, you know, I, I would say that 20% of that is a loan. It is, um, it is pretty astonishing, um, which I don't see how no one is talking about that, just how broke they are. This is probably why they're so desperate. And you have to think, like, why would the mainstream media just fall under them and be like, yeah, okay, totally fine with this? You know, it doesn't make sense, um, you know, why they would fall in line uh, behind the Democratic Party. It's not like they can, you know, um, do things. What I wanted to point out to you guys is, have you guys ever heard of a guy named Bruce Kofner? So Bruce Kofner is a guy that collects a lot of rare books. Mm. 
any rare ancient stuff like printer's proof, sketchbooks, art, you know. Um, he's actually retired, right? Um, and he was a guy that used to be a cab driver, just so you know. He owns 75% indirectly of a company that has been literally providing the lifeline to uh, the DNC. I think it's important that people remember the name Kovner, Bruce Kovner. Huge in supposed charities, very connected with Epstein. I mean, why aren't we hearing about Epstein anymore? This guy had dirt on everyone. Why would he kill himself? I want you to think about that. Why would Jeffrey Epstein kill himself? He had tons of cards that he could have played in that deck. There's no way he would have been like, oh, my gosh, they're all going to kill me, so I'm just going to kill myself. No, he wouldn't. He would be the most protected person ever, like the giant in Jack and the Beanstalk with the goose that laid golden eggs. That would have been Epstein, guarded by giants that can lay gold because he would be laying all the golden eggs of telling us all this nefarious information. So, you know, it's really important that we focus on that focus. Epstein's dead. No one's talking about him yet. All these people that are connected to Epstein's are still funding the DNC. Nobody wants to touch it. Nobody wants to touch it. Where are the news? What about the planes that crash? You know, so many plane crashes happened yesterday. Nobody's talking about it. Who were the people, the rich people in those planes where the planes crashed? Why aren't these things being reported? These are the things that need to be reported. These are the things. Art LLC, you know, Bruce Kovner. Those are big names people need to be paying attention to. Another one, Aaron Sosnick. Aaron Sosnick, Bruce Kovner. These are all names that are going to be coming to the forefront, I hope, unless they're one of the plane victims that should be coming to the forefront soon. All of these are supposedly philanthropists. All of them. They have three clients and they manage $4.3 billion. Who does that with three clients? Who are their three clients? Who are they? I've said it. Who are they? Who are they? See, they. They stir pots. They hold the feet of the Democrats to the fire to continue a war that they cannot win. They. It's really, really weird. Who are they? I'm telling you. Kovner, Sosnick. Who are they? Three clients. $4.3 billion dollars. In a hedge fund. Who else used hedge funds? That's right. Epstein. Who are they? It's like people aren't paying attention. Who are they? It's just really insane that no one is asking who they are. The people that are pulling the strings. The people that are making Pelosi ramble. The people that are making Schiff do this stuff behind closed doors when he knows. He's been in D.C. for how long? He knows that you can't. Do that, yet he did it. So it tells you everything you need to know. These people are desperate. They will try anything. And all you need to do is pray today because our president is in Dallas. And I know that we changed the venue. And I know that Homeland Security is on it. 
But what we also know is that they're desperate. What we also know is that they have no cards to play. What we also know is that they're broke. But we also know that they're answering to they, they, they who tell the Democrats, they who tell the globalist elites, they, they are in control and they hold the keys to the kingdom. What kingdom? What are they doing? What is going on? Why aren't we open about this? You know, it's just really concerning how it changes. You know, we have a president currently right now. I mean, it sounds something out of like Dr. Seuss and opposite day. You know, it sounds like a joke. We've got a president that's got the, the lowest unemployment rate for Americans. No matter what color they are, it's the lowest. Okay. Nobody cares what color you are. It's 2019. Okay. They're the lowest. We've got jobs galore. We've got 21% decrease in asking for welfare. I mean, come on, you guys. We've stopped funding baby killing, who, by the way, are trying to find ways to fund the DNC. You know, we've got the Democrats scurrying to try to see how they get. You know why they haven't raised money? Because we're watching them. And we've let them slide a little bit of foreign money in there. So that way we got it so we can flip it on them. 2020 is coming. You can't run when you do that, right? Can't do that. So think about it. This is where the crunch is. We've got Megan Kelly trying to weasel her way back in. We've got people thinking that Pelosi was standing up to Trump, like Pelosi owned Trump. She can't even own her own shadow. It's pretty incredible. Um, so just now, Pence and Pompeo secured a ceasefire agreement in Syria after meeting with the Turkish president. This was announced by Fox News just a few seconds ago. I'm pretty surprised the press conference hasn't happened. So why wouldn't there be a press conference if they've announced it? Let's go there and see what's going on with the live feed. Okay, here we go. Live feed is on. All right. Let's see what's going on. Hold on a second, guys. Let's get this moving. All right. Let's put it there. Okay, so that kind of snuck up on me because I had it on silent. I didn't want it to scare me or throw me off. So they literally just announced it. Wow. So long, though, right? Mm. Okay, I'm just fast-forwarding through it, guys. It seems that, okay, Pence spoke. Ugh. Y'all know how I feel about Pence. And he's there with Pompeo. Okay, there we go. Okay, let's start this. So it's pretty incredible. I want to hear what they have to say. Let's see what their words say. Their words and their body speak volumes always, right, guys? That's the way it is. It always speaks volumes. Let's see what they have to say. It's rendering. I guess it's really busy. Let's see here. Let me try to move it over. Okay. There. Ladies and gentlemen, Secretary of State of the United States, Michael Pompeo, and Vice President of the United States, Mike Pence. Okay, first of all, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, second comes Vice President Pence. Paying attention. Thank you.
One week ago, Turkish forces crossed into Syria. Earlier this week, President Trump took decisive action to call on the Turkish forces to stand down, to end the violence, to agree to negotiations. And today, I'm proud to report, thanks to the strong leadership of President Donald Trump and the strong relationship between President Erdogan and Turkey and the United States of America, that today the United States and Turkey have agreed to a ceasefire in Syria. The Turkish side will pause Operation Peace Spring in order to allow for the withdrawal of YPG forces from the safe zone for 120 hours. All military operations under Operation Peace Spring will be paused and Operation Peace Spring will be halted entirely on completion of the withdrawal. Our administration has already been in contact with Syrian Defense Forces and we have already begun to facilitate their safe withdrawal from the nearly 20 mile wide safe zone area south of the Turkish border in Syria. Let me say Did you hear that? He's he said that we've been in contact with the Syrians who are in the Syrian side of the border, 20 miles south of Turkey, because Turkey is claiming that safe zone of 20 miles is their territory. Pay attention. Re- listen between the words. Say this uh, also includes an agreement by Turkey to engage in no military action against the community of Kobani. And in addition, the United States and Turkey have both mutually committed to a peaceful resolution and future for the safe zone, working on an international basis to ensure that peace and security defines this border region of Syria. In addition to the settlement today with the ceasefire, Turkey and the United States mutually committed to the defeat ISIS activities in northeast Syria. This will also include an agreement renewed today to coordinate efforts on detention facilities and internally displaced persons in formerly ISIS-controlled areas. Also, Turkey and the United States agreed on the priority of respecting vulnerable human life, human rights, and particularly the protection of religious and ethnic communities in the region. I spoke to President Trump just a few moments ago, and I know the President is very grateful for President Erdogan's willingness to step forward and to enact this ceasefire and to give an opportunity for a, a peaceful solution of this conflict that commenced one week ago. For my part, I'm grateful for the President's leadership. I'm grateful for uh, the more than five hours of negotiations with President Erdogan and his team that arrived at a solution that we believe will save lives. And let me also say I'm very grateful for this team. 
and to be able to have alongside the Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, uh, our National Security Advisor, Robert O'Brien, Ambassador Jim, Jim Jeffries, and Ambassador David Satterfield. It was a great privilege. And each of the members of this team contributed equally to achieving this outcome, which is a great contribution to security in this region, and it's a great contribution to the strong and enduring relationship between the United States of America and Turkey. Lastly, I, I want to express my appreciation to millions of Americans who I know were carrying this moment in prayer. We've heard from people all over the country whose hearts were heavy with the loss of life in this conflict over the last week, long to see it brought to an end. And I believe their prayers, the strong leadership that President Trump provided to this moment, and the cooperation uh, with President Trump. Okay, let's listen to the real negotiator here, not the guy that's on the leash. Uh, there's lots of challenges that remain, but this effort tonight sets the conditions uh, for the successful resolution of this particular piece, which created enormous risk and uh, a real risk of instability. And President Erdogan's decision tonight uh, to work alongside President Trump to achieve this end would be one that I think will benefit uh, Turkey a great deal. I don't want to listen to him answer questions. Let's listen to Pompeo answer a question. Here we go. Skip forward. Uh, lots of religious challenges, lots of challenges. Wait, we're trying to get the right. And that uh, religious pluralism uh, is, uh, is, is one of the characteristics of this, of this safe zone for some time to come. Mr. Secretary? Uh, not only this, we've certainly heard from, uh, the Vice President heard from Christian leaders around the world who expressed much of the same concern that you just uh, described. Uh, we think this reduction in violence, this ceasefire, uh, reduces the risk of that, so we think this greatly contributes uh, to protecting religious minorities throughout uh, throughout Syria uh, and throughout the broader Middle East as well as all obviously happens in the context of lots of religious challenges, lots of challenges of religious persecution in Iraq and other places. Well, we think this is an important contribution in that regard. The other thing is that we talked about at some length um, is that um, to the extent there are abuses that are identified, um, we'll ask... Um, each leader, certainly President Erdogan and his team and others, to investigate any allegations of abuse that have taken place. Let me maybe add an addendum to that. Nobody wants to hear him. Specifically, I want to ask you if it Here's a question. Here's a question coming. That will ensure peace and stability in the region. Mr. Vice President, just want to follow up on that question. What specific concessions did, did Turkey receive? Specifically, I want to ask you if, if they brought the issue up of, 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 of the, of the bank, Paul Bank. Paul Bank. Uh, not in the context of these negotiations. Uh, I think when we have concluded the negotiations, um, uh, the topic uh, was raised, and uh, we informed them that that was a matter uh, for the Southern District of New York and the Justice Department. But uh, let me say that the, uh, the concessions that the United States made have to do with the fact that uh, the president had made it clear that uh, if there had not been a ceasefire today, there would have been a new round of massive sanctions against Turkey. And you'll see in the agreement uh, that uh, on the basis of the pause, 
uh, of 120 hours, uh, a, a ceasefire over the next five days, that uh, we will not be implementing additional sanctions during that period of time. Once we have a permanent ceasefire, uh, following the orderly withdrawal of all YPG forces, uh, the United States uh, also agreed uh, to withdraw the sanctions that were imposed on several cabinet officials and several agencies earlier this week. Okay, so just to sum it up, because the hour is over, believe it or not, um, they were asking about their bank because they're actually being criminally investigated by the Southern District of New York and the Department of Justice. Omar, oh dear. So here we go. Five days of no ceasefire. You keep it, you keep it good. We'll keep our word and we won't sanction your cabinet officials and all their property and money. We won't hold it hostage because, you know, Money is the pain point for a lot of people. So this is going to be interesting. Wow, isn't it interesting, though? Secretary Pompeo and then they introduce Vice President Pence. I urge you to watch the video. Their body language says it all. From all of us here at Red State Talk Radio, God bless. See you all tomorrow.